minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't find it Ministry minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't What up, what up, what up, what up How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance I hope you love it, I hope it blesses you More importantly, I hope it gets you closer to God Enjoy Welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance. This is um, part two of the racism series, and um, I wanted to, at the end of the last um, episode, I said that the next guest would be Spence, but because of uh, scheduling conflicts, we had to make some adjustments, and so we have the honor and the privilege to have Remix the Dad on the, on with us, uh, Mr. Ryan Greenwood. How you doing, brother? Good man, good man. Thank you, uh, thank you for having me, man. It's it's. I'm excited for this episode. Um, I'm just I'm just happy to be here, and thank you for having me on. Right on. Much love. Um, we have. You might hear a little girl in the background. <coughs> so that's that that's that'll be the remix to Dad kind of mix with the Anthony's Godly Guidance. Right. So, the remix to Dad. So just, just just thank you for uh, for hanging on. But right. stuff could get. <coughs> little deep stuff could get a little bit silly so, so let's, let's, let's dive into this man right so as he's saying that forgive me for all the noises i'm making as i have symptoms symptoms of uh sickness that i had and i'm this is the remnants of that uh so excuse me for all the noises that i'm making um with that being said so our topic um i don't know uh for those who didn't get to hear the first part of this was uh, me talking from my perspective and um, it was it was something that was only supposed to be 20 25 minutes they ended up being an hour but I you know passionate about the topic and uh, wanted to be by multiple perspectives so that being that being said uh, when when I say racism what's the first thing that comes to your mind I have to say ignorance and lack of compassion and lack of trying to understand other people. Okay. Okay. I like I like that. Um, give me a little more about that. A little, a little more. Um, can I tell like a story or something? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, when I was when I was young, I didn't see a lot of I didn't see a lot of black people. I knew one black lady and my mom worked with her so I thought black people were as seen on TV to be honest right. with you right. and I see, I see a lot of Mexican people and I see a lot of I've seen a lot of Asian people and I saw Indian people and I saw but I didn't I'd never really seen so when I first start, started seeing them I was, I was like okay so it wasn't there was there wasn't any hatred towards them right because I knew this lady and she she loved us so much and she called she's like oh that's my babies <laughs> and she she loved us right but then as I got older and, and it's just seeing the the this will be the first of many the stereotype on TV MTV <laughs> and BET and 
just TV in general, the stereotype that they, when the media puts out there, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, I'm kind of put on my guard, to be honest. But then I, I was able to learn about these people and communicate and get to know these people and see them for more than just the color of their skin. Right, okay. So. I like that you, um, you had said that you had seen it on TV. I like that because that, I mean, that indirectly ties into to the last episode and some of the things that I was talking about. And one of the things that I had talked about was just that, that there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I don't see. So because I don't see, you know, I don't see or I don't know a group of people. And because I don't, what fills that is what I see on TV, what I hear other people see and the limited access that I have, which, as you said, this is going to be said multiple times on here, but which leads to why there are stereotypes about that. And I, I, I'm glad you said it from, from the other side, from the other perspective, because as I talked about, I had a stereotype about Hispanic males and white males because of how I was treated and or, you know, things I've heard and seen. So it's good to have it on that other side. And, you know, it's good to basically for you to say, well, MTV says this, but after being enculturated with, I see this as opposed to what MTV showed me. So I thank you for that. Um, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I just, I was thinking about that when you said that. And I, I think this is, these are the real conversations that we need to have. Because people won't talk about this. Everybody talks around it, you know, because they're worried about offending somebody. They're like, well, um, I don't want to say this because they might get upset. One of the other things that, you know, when I speak of, I'm going to say this now, but I'm going to come back to it. Actually, you know what? Now's the first, now's the prime time to ask you this. When, when you hear me speak, I spoke of white privilege on the last show. Um, there was a strong part of me that wanted to leave that alone because I was worried about offending. But it's a real issue. It's a real topic. What do you, when you hear that, what do you think about it? Well, white privilege? Yes. I think it's a real thing. And I'm glad that you said those who are under that to actually use that and I am using it to help others and I don't care what race what color whatever what culture you are who you are I'm gonna help that's what Remix the Dad podcast is all about I help shameless plug right there (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna help any man woman child under any color underneath the sun because I can yeah, or not, not, that's, that's what's bad but, um, I have that privilege that society's put on me I can use that and flip it and give it back to to my people right right my, my, my people's everybody right okay so and yeah I can go do stuff 
without suspicion. I can do, do stuff that you probably couldn't do. I can say stuff that you couldn't do. Right. And you can do you can do the same, but that's not the white privilege. Right. No, I got no, I got you. I got you. You know, and this will probably come up in every episode. I've run into, and I'm glad you didn't say this. I've run into this every time I brought up the topic of white privilege. The people that I was speaking with, the first thing they said was, "I don't. I'm not rich. I don't have all kind of money. Why am I more pri- privileged than you?" And they don't. They miss the point when that's being said because it's not trying to say that because you're white, you're filthy rich. I know better than that. I mean, I've been. I've lived in. In neighborhoods where there were white people there and they had less than we had. So it was never about money. But it was the it was the concept of if you and I, all things being equal, and let me let me stress that point, all things being equal, if you and I walk into the store, they're not going to be worried about you as they're gonna be worried about me. I could walk into a store with a hoodie on, and you could walk in just how you are right now with your suit and tie, and they're still gonna follow you. Right, and that's BS, but that's that's how it is. Well, right. I'm glad you can admit that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people that I've talked to that they have the blinders. They don't want to admit that. They don't want to see that. They don't want to, you know, like in the, the, the comparison with the right-handed. It is what it is. The world is set up for right-handed people, and that doesn't mean that right-handed people are evil. That just means that the world was set up for them. And I mean, something as simple as to go to open doors. Opening doors are set up for people who are right-handed. For the most part, you know what I'm saying? And should you be like, should I be upset with you because you are everything that this society was set up to you? I mean, does it bug me as a left-handed? Of course it does. But for you to live in that and to benefit from that doesn't make you a racist. It makes you a person. If the world was set up for left-handed people, I wouldn't complain about it. So that's the one thing. And, you know, and, and another thing when I talk about white privilege that a lot of people don't get. And this was this was told to me by a... Um, I can't remember. If the, I think he was a black professor. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, he was. He told me this story, and he said he was talking about this doctor in Colorado who had this—he had all this money, he had this private jet, and he was going to get into his jet, and he had some issues. You know what I'm saying? They had to fix his jet. So then, as he was going to get on his jet, he decided to call his assistant, and his assistant came. And they, you know, rerouted, and he was going to all this detail about the story. And then at the end of it, he goes, what color is the doctor? And he said, raise your hands if you thought he was white. Every last one of us raised our hands. Not everybody in the class was white. There was, a, there was blacks and Hispanics, and all of us raised our hand. And he said, well, no, that was a black man, and his assistant was white. And we all had this dumbfounded look like, really? But that... That's another example of white privilege. And then he flipped it and he was talking about if you hear about a thug, this or that or whatever, and then, you know, 
people tried to play it off because he had already started that. But he goes, now be real. When I'm talking about someone from the ghetto, this and this and this, what do you think of? You think of black and Hispanic, right? And the people being real say yes. And he said, no, this is a white man. Again, that's another example of the white privilege that people don't want to talk about. And this isn't saying that white people are evil or racist. It's just saying that that's how that's how we were taught. That's how that's how the society was set up. So I think that's cool that that um. That is something that you not only acknowledge, but you even take it a step further and say, well, I'm going to use my privilege to be a blessing to those who don't see that privilege. Realistically, if we're ever going to move on, we've got to have stuff like this on both sides. So that's why I wanted to... <laughs> this portion of the <laughs> the show was not supposed to be too towards the end, but it kind of popped up, so... As, as everything else you and I do, we we script it and it, it does not go anywhere near being scripted. Man, we plan, God laughs. <laughs> we we man, we haven't go anywhere. So, but again, thank you so much for just having me on, man. Um, I just wanted to say a couple little things though. Okay. I am totally jealous of you. Cause do you know how much we spend in sunscreen? <laughs> Me and my wife and my daughter, we are light skinned and we need a lot of sunscreen. We spend, I can't even tell you. I wish they gave, gave us a tax write off, but they don't. So um, that and me being white, I can dance, not very good, but I can dance and it's fun. So, and I can jump too. I just wanted to get 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 the whole elephant out of the room. Just, I just I just wanted to acknowledge that. So, but well, to to go with that, if any anybody listening, we have a song about stereotypes, and the song you got your knee your knee high socks. I got my knee high socks on. <laughs> so if you actually, you know, the funny thing is right now, oh. so, so do I. Um. For those who don't know, the song is Stereotypes, and it's essentially what we're talking about. It was the whole thing about trying to offset stereotypes, and you got to listen to the song. We have it. It's on one. On it's like, your, it should be on both of us. You know, both our podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So it's on, I forget what episode it is. It's actually titled Stereotype, yeah. isn't it? So on, on if you whether you go to Remix the Dad or Anthony's Godly Guidance, there's a show stereotypes and on there it talks about the song and what we're alluding to right now it's a good song to listen to whether you're going to the corner store or you're going to Walmart so <laughs> looking at clocks fire uh, <laughs> black on black rims <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, excuse me I got a sandwich today I didn't have any mayonnaise so oh man mayonnaise yes oh about as fun as they <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I just had to get that out of the way. Well, no, no. I mean, that's good. And anybody who knows you and I knows that us doing a, a, a show together is not going to be straight serious the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who knows, so it is what it is. I mean... I have no problem with that, but it's good because it does go with what we're talking about. Um, and let me, another question for you. 
Do you think there's a clear divide or distinction amongst the different races in our society? Of course. I think there is. Um, and I'm going to go on to say that I think social media and media feel that. Okay. They didn't, I don't think they started it. I, I'm going to take it another level. I think the enemy started it a long, long time ago, but then it, it dies down and it comes back up. And uh, it's, it's that whole it's, it's a, it's a whole separation um, aspect where you you separate and then you say a couple couple things about the other one and then they, they, they hear the same or a different thing and then causes separation and then it makes that that crack or that divide hard to hard to mend. Okay. Does that make that makes no, sense? No, 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 no. I got you. I got you. You're right. And you know, um, what better way than to conquer than to divide? Yeah. And the reason I ask you that is because I obviously think that there's a clear divide coming from my perspective, being on my side being a black man but it I don't want it to just be my perspective on it and even if you didn't think there was a clear divide well I'm going to be honest with you I didn't there for a while until it was like I, I saw a little bit like I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there like Obama like before Obama I was like okay well whatever it is what it is the when I, when I was rapping a lot, when I was doing these shows and, and going to certain places, I'd get a little bit of flack for being white and rapping and being, right. being where I'm supposed to be or being where I, where I'm at. Oh, you got to be up there. You got to wear the same. You got to you got to you got to fit that stereotype. Um, but once Obama got in the office, it was like, okay, yeah, well, you saw that gap come together. I saw that gap come together, but. Towards the end of his his uh, his term, you started seeing that scene kind of fall apart. And people's like, true colors, like they're they started coming out, and then the media was like, "Ooh, there's some there's some firewood here. Let's let's light that up." And oh, this person said this. This person said this, and they started lighting it up even more. Right. And a lot of probably a lot of those white supremacist groups, they probably were sitting back like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to wait, wait, and then, and then they, they were probably even doing stuff before, but then the media probably right. lit that up before, but I didn't really start seeing it until the, the Obama-Trump changeover, but then since I've been hanging out with you and your family and then hanging out with and meeting guys like Genesis... And a lot of a lot of the Colorado hip hop guys, and some of the stuff they said because they they did a competition. I'm, this is at a this is at a Christian festival, right? And I like, dude, you guys should have won that that contest. And he turned to me and he's like, look at the demographic, and that that stuck with me. And I'm like, wow, that you guys poured your heart and soul you praised God out here 
killed the stage. You murdered it, buried it, resurrected it, right. and killed it again. Right. But because of the demographic, they gave it to somebody else. Right. So that was that was that was that was that was a flag, and then just just, just even working at different locations, I've seen it. Out in, out in the oil field, I don't know if I'm going off topic here or not. Correct me if I am. Um, out in the oil field, I was known as, I guess the nice way to say it is like a nice Mexican, or not, uh, the, the, the albino Mexican. <laughs> okay. But they called me the derogatory word. Right. And I'm, I hung out with, with those guys. One, because they were awesome. Two, they fed me. Right. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to bring the correct lunch. They were like, hey, man. So, uh, and then I, I'd hear a lot of, a lot of the white guys out there using a lot of these, a lot of these terms. And then they'd, they'd be giving me stuff, too. Why are you hanging out with them? Why, why are you with them? What? they're not they're, they're good people they're, they're, they're awesome people they're they're not saying all this stuff that you're saying right they're not being toxic well you need to come over here hang out with your wire and I'm like I'm good and then when I I went from there to down to building window blinds down in uh, Montbello Montbello Denver's Aurora area I was one of the only white dudes down there. The rest were, everybody else was, was black or Mexican. There's a couple, couple of Asians in there. And I go to a gas station down there. I get looked at like I'm a foreigner. Right. And it took me three weeks to finally get the, get the cashier who was, who was an African, African American. And he was like, because he, he kept looking at me funny. It took him three weeks to finally get him to hey man, you take care, have a good one. Just because I was showing him love, I was showing him, hey man, I'm, I'm not here to cause any trouble. Right, right. And I constantly, hey Sam, I kept getting those, getting those looks, getting, luckily I didn't get any threats or anything like right. that, but I kept getting that stuff. And this was before all the, like the Trayvon Martin stuff like that right honestly I would I'd be scared to go down there when all that stuff was starting firing up it could have been an issue because somebody's heated over what they see on the news or it could have right. been their their cousin or family member right and they see me and they're like oh and I could have so well so I had forgotten about what you were talking about with Genesis and them. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about because I was there. Yeah. And I remember, I didn't know y'all had that conversation that he said that, but it makes perfect sense. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> you said something about going off topic, but you didn't. You actually answered <laughs> my third question in talking, which to those listening was, what are your experiences with racism? And 
I want to touch on the the issue of essentially reverse racism because you being a white man went into a predominant minority uh, population and if you stuck out like a sore thumb and people were like whoa hey and you know to go with that to, to still throw in a bit of the, the white privilege aspect of it when they saw you it was a threat you know because oh well here comes this white dude I gotta this or I gotta be this or you know what I'm saying you're still the threat until like you said until the brother you were talking to saw oh well this cat isn't a threat he's actually pretty cool now the messed up part is on the side from minorities when we do that to white folks we're good we're justified but when that happens in the reverse now we're mad and y'all are racist and, it, and it's it, that's tore up and this is coming from uh, this is a lot of the topics that are going to come up over this is going to not just I had a conversation with Pastor and I was telling him where I was going with you know my, my thoughts on this and whatnot. and um, this isn't when talking about racism this isn't a we have to jump on the white man this is a we have to fix this and one way we have to fix this is if I'm going to get mad at you because you acted a certain way towards me you know I can't in turn act that way to you and then justify it now if you if you've been in a predominant black area during all this, the, the the stuff linked to black lives matters you probably well, you know you probably would at least caught at least caught a high you know what i'm saying or a look or something not everybody is foolish enough to physically try to touch or go at you but you got some looks like oh but again there were white people who went around there were white people in the black lives matter they showed that they were not a threat again i hate to use that but they showed they weren't a threat and then they they were welcomed in and it it sucks that it has to be that way but this at the risk of sounding like i'm making an excuse for it and i'm not this is how we were conditioned to believe what made me think about this is i was driving I think this was yesterday, and I saw Blue Lives Matter on a, on some on a, on a truck, and I was immediately upset by it. And my reason for being upset behind it is, to me, the whole concept, the true concept of Black Lives Matter, not all the other stuff that ended up happening. The true concept was, we've got to do something about these young brothers getting shot and killed. That's got to stop. They shouldn't have to do that. You know, we shouldn't have to have a conversation where I have to tell a young brother that, hey, when you come across a cop, you need to do this, talk like this, do this, don't make any sudden movements because you might not make it home. I shouldn't have to have that conversation. But reality is, I have to have that conversation. And so that was the whole concept of it. So when I see Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, to me, that was kind of a a poke. Like... No one, no one is trying to say that all lives don't matter or that blue lives don't matter. We're just trying to put an emphasis on when we are going out here, 
these cops shouldn't be killing these young brothers. And I'll take it a step further. I have been in instances, my own personal self, where we were involved with some stuff with cops. And the cops have looked at the white dudes and told them to leave. And I'm like, well, what? They were the ones that were doing everything. We're with them. And he told them, no, you got to get out. Y'all get out of here. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, get out of here? Like, why can't I leave? I didn't do anything. And in some of these cases, the white dudes were the ones mouthing off. Black folks wasn't saying anything. Because I didn't want to, you know, me personally, I wasn't about to get hit with one of them nightsticks. So I didn't say anything. But they let the white dude mouthing off go. And that was the whole concept of the Black Lives Matter, the pure. Obviously, like you said, the media took it and other people misused it and, and took it everywhere. So when I saw the Blue Lives Matter, I think cop, I, cops' lives do matter. No one is saying that they don't. But the fact that I'm saying Black Lives Matter shouldn't spark a conversation where people are like, well, shouldn't everybody lives matter? Yes, it should. That's the point. That's really the point of all of this. All lives should matter. All of that to get to this question. When I say all of that, how does that how does that affect affect you when I when I say that piece of it? Well Warren, I think um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give credit to, to Eminem for one of his songs where he said like with, with with the Black Lives Matter and then the police is a lot of the a lot of the white officers don't have experience in some of those areas. And they're used they're they're not used, but they've they've been exposed to stuff on TV. Right. And that's that here we go again, stereotype. And they they think, oh, so they're gonna hold up there, and then they're they're scared. They're not conditioned to, and they're not acclimated to the uh, the environment where they're patrolling. So they see a, see a brother. They're like, oh, hey, well, we need to be on guard for him. But then there's a dude over there with a bomb on his back. But um, right. So they 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 see that they they see the skin color without even realizing and I understand that they have to be on their guard and stuff but with having that being the excuse it's, it's, it's ridiculous and I and I think also because he said uh, in the song I forgot what song it was um, where he's all he's like why don't we get some why don't we get some of the minority kids to want to be cops why, right. why don't we why don't like we that. get why don't we get educate them up to to police their communities right and because because if because if we can't bring everybody together at least in the community like in the black community have have them have them police I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it to sports right it's kind of like it's kind of like a referee in basketball going and refereeing a hockey game Okay. And it's okay. like, I don't understand that, so I'm just going to call what I think it is. Right. And you're going to make some dumb calls. You're going to piss a lot of people off. Right. Right. But, but then also, with having people in that same community, like even people in the stands, 
it, like people at hockey games. Yeah, you hear people pop, popping off and stuff all the time. But from my experience, people at hockey games, with, with me being white, I enjoy hockey quite a bit. Because um, uh, my, my brother over here, he doesn't he doesn't like a lot of well, ice and snow and cold. Um, but the crowd, even at a hockey game, somebody gets rowdy, they're gonna the crowd's gonna police it. I go to a basketball game another sporting event I don't see that police policing as much I don't see that them, the crowd taking control I don't okay. does that make sense no no I got you I got you so, I got you I, I kind of hit a couple different levels there well and I agree with you I've, I've I've said this and this is where I'm get I get on the minorities and let, let me address that this isn't just a black or white thing it's a it's a it's a people thing and minorities a lot of my you know the blacks and hispanics seem to understand or have a better understanding of it within within each other more so than anyone else from my experience let me let me say it from my experience but this isn't a black and white thing but i do want to say this that i was one of the ones saying you know when all this was going down saying instead of us trying to um, uh, protest or physically harm cops, why don't we raise up people who go inside? The only way to change it is to go in the system. You can't change it from the outside waving your fingers at someone. If you want it's and I I even took it from the approaches in, in law. So if you want to persecute I shouldn't say persecute, prosecute. Let me change that. If you want to prosecute crooked cops, that's how you're going to change it. Complaining about the cop over there saying, oh man, he's a racist, I hate him, we need to get rid of him, and and threatening his life ain't gonna do anything but prove their point. Mm -hmm. So if I think that you're a racist and you do something that is in a stereotypical matter, then you've proven my point. So now I will be more inclined to believe that stereotype that I've already been accustomed to believing. And so it further perpetuates. And now I went into your I went to your hood, quote unquote. I saw how you are, I saw how you acted to me. So when I go back to my spot, I'm justified in my beliefs or yeah, in my beliefs that you are this type of individual. So, I believe that minorities need to be cops, need to be lawyers, and they need to be able to go in there and call it what it is. And let's be honest, not all police brutality is white on black or white on brown. There's a lot of brothers who are in that are cops that are doing the same stuff that the white cops are doing it. Some of them are doing it to a higher degree because as Ice Cube said in one of his songs, black folks showing off for the white cops. He said it in, uh, oh, never mind, I won't say the title. <laughs> but yeah, yes, we know I, what song. I know exactly yes, what song We know what song about. I'm talking about. Yeah, but and, he, if, and if you want to know, <laughs> contact me or Anthony and we'll, we'll, we'll send it to you. Um, yeah, I was actually just about to bring that up. So Well, and so... Another reason that this podcast came up, uh, all kind of different things, but we were watching straight out of Compton. Yeah. 
and to see what led Ice Cube to write that song. Like, they were literally treated like crap. And it wasn't just the white cops, it was the black cops who did it. And so, of course, they were upset. I'm not saying that that's the right way to go about it. But you have a bunch of young dudes. They were kids at the time. Easy e was the only one, really, that wasn't a kid. All the rest of them were kids. And you're treating them like this. What do you think they're going to do? They didn't shoot you. They didn't try to beat you. What they did is they voiced their opinion. And it, a lot of people who thought the same way were like, and so they write this song. Again, I'm not justifying the song. I'm saying I understand why they wrote the song. And it was a message saying basically what we're talking about now. This was a message saying that all the stuff that happened with Trayvon Martin and everybody else. 30 years ago, Ice Cube and them were saying, hey, I need to watch out for this. Because this is how we feel about y'all doing this. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, no, there's this, you know. And, I mean, another song, since we're talking about the message, again, the message was, in fact, a message. Listen to what I'm saying. This is how we feel. We need to do something about this or else. Nobody took it serious because there was some, quote, unquote, dumb kids in the ghetto who didn't know what they were talking about. And then we saw... Things per, per come from that. I watched an interview with uh, DMC from Run DMC, man, uh, Daryl McDaniels. Uh, much love to them, uh, Run DMC and stuff. Uh, dude, he came out with an interview and saying, "That's what we need. We need that. We need messages like that. We need messages. I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Mexican, alien, whatever. We need hip hop to come out with something." informal and just open our eyes we don't need this mumble party bling BS right we need that <coughs> and excuse me and I believe that and if you, if you guys disagree with me you don't it just has nothing to do with Anthony this is I'm taking responsibility for my own words and my own thoughts so if you have a problem you can email me um but that's like Eminem, some of his verses on his new, newer albums, where he's talking, talking more uh, political and social conscious. I believe we need that. And then even with Ice Cube, with his uh, newest album, I listened to it. There's a lot of good stuff that we that not, not not being not not separating anybody, but that's what we need because. Over the years, I've seen cultures, cultures, and cultures. I'm gonna say cultures blend, where we're, we're having a lot of people take the pills, take the drugs, and stuff. And it's a cultural thing now. It's not a race thing, but we all we all need that kind of wake up call, or even even the new Black Eyed Peas. I don't know if you heard that. I one. haven't heard it's that. Called Ring the Alarm, and uh, one of the first lines is wake up wake up ring the alarm wake up and it's talking about our system how it's trying to divide and conquer us or yeah not our system but the system is trying to divide and conquer us and they're not only using racism 
but they're also using science and food and all right. that stuff right. just to tear us down and apart and dumb us down. And I believe, seriously, a lot of you young rappers who are out there now, go back to that. Go back to talking about stuff you, you're you seeing in your neighborhood. Go back to your experiences. I don't give a darn about you. <laughs> that was a white guy. I mean, I don't give a darn about your uh, your black on black rims. And I don't, right. no, I don't care about any of that. Right. I want to make sure you're you're good. I want to make sure you're taken care of. I want to make sure you're blessed. And then you can take your, those experiences, good or bad, and give them to the world. Amen. Because if, if, if we don't do that, then who's, who's, who's going to change it? God's given you the voice. So speak up. If somebody's wronged you, don't go wrong them. Speak up. Educate yourself. And I know that's one of your questions on here. Right. <laughs> Educate yourself. Learn. Talk. Shoot. If you don't know anybody out of out of your race, go talk, go talk to them. Amen. Just say, hey, what's going on? Can I buy you lunch? Right. Do you like tacos? Because tacos are universal. <laughs> Amen. Um, My wife would tell you. So, no. I can eat them every day. No, but seriously, you guys. I challenge you. Go, go, go have lunch. Go say hi. Go do something. You see somebody in the store who's an opposite, or not an opposite, but a different ethnicity than you. Just stop them. Be like, you know what? I love you, and God loves you, and I'm happy to see you. Amen. Amen. I did that the other day because God. This was right after I read all these questions for this podcast, Uh and God challenged me. He's like, say hi to that. The lady over there, and she, she, she kind of looked at me funny and, and then smiled and kind of sh- shook her head and like, oh, well, you too. <laughs> so, and then we both went on with our day, and it made me feel nice and special, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it made it made her it probably helped her with the stare. So, it probably did. But no, I, I challenge you guys. So I agree, man. I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And um, I also wanted to add on to that. I want to uh, like kind of go into. So, what do you then think that we can do for? What do you think that we can do for um, biblical portions? The way I worded that was funky. What I wanted to ask you is, in the biblical sense, how do you think we can fix this problem? And let me let me say this on the front side of that. To go with, with real quick to when you're talking about what rappers, you know, should be more socially conscious, socially aware. People aren't given Lecrae, Triple E, Andy Minio. These cats, and I know that all of these are on 116, but Show Baraka, you know, Derek Minor, all these cats that are, it's Christian rap. 
but it's not just Christian rap. It's social awareness. But these people are getting hated on. Both inside and outside of the church, mind you. There's people in the church that are critiquing them just as badly as people outside of the church. I say that because I, I, I there are there are the cats that that are trying to do that, but people are hating on them for it. You know, all because they say I love Jesus. But how are we gonna fix it? You know what I'm saying? But back to my original question. In a biblical sense, how do we fix this problem? In your opinion? Well, doesn't it say love thy neighbor? That's, <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I don't because I, I could I could BS you all day and be like no 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 no. God just dropped it on my heart to love love thy neighbor. Because if you love if if when you said it. In the first part, you love God, but you hate somebody else because of their race or just hate anybody in general. Do you really love God? Right. Because we're all made in the image. Right. So, and it's like, okay. And then you got to love yourself, but then love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you hate yourself, but that means you hate God. Amen. So, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. I, sometimes I, I can't stand myself. So, I struggle with that, and I ask God for, for compassion and love for that. But that's a different story. Um, but yeah, with love, with, with like yeah, racism. That's just love, love, man. Amen. From a biblical sense, love. So I like what you said, and I want to touch on that just a little bit. You said that. You sometimes struggle with loving yourself. Yeah. How many people do you think are racist or have these discriminatory thoughts towards other people because they don't even like themselves? Can I tell you something? I hated being white for the longest time. Okay, why is that? Because I was in situations that I told you about earlier. Okay. In this episode. Okay. I got made fun of because, <laughs> jokingly, because I like to dance. You can't dance because you're a white, white boy. Mm-hmm. You can't rap because you're a white boy. You can't do this, this, and this because you're a white boy. Okay. And it, I know that may seem pity, but when you pile up enough rabbit turds, you're going to have a pile. <laughs> so... I hated I I hated my skin color. I hated who who I who I was. I wanted I'm not to be honest with you. But then once I once I kind of took a step back, got more into the word, building more of a relationship with God, I could look at myself and be like, "Dang, you're a dang sexy white boy." <laughs> Embrace your Ned Flanders. Embrace your Mr. Rogers, man. <laughs> Those are some cool cats, man. I agree with you. <laughs> and I'll say this because this just made me think, what you said made me think of the study that we learned in uh, psychology. And it's come up several times, but 
they asked a bunch of minority black, Hispanic, black, um, Asian. They asked a bunch of kids, what doll did they prefer, the black doll or the white doll? And like at some some off the wall, like ninety percent of them said the white doll. They asked um, which was the bad doll. They said the black doll. Which was the the mean doll? They said the, the black doll. Which was the one that was pure? And and they said the white doll. Most most of these kids, they asked white kids this too. So it was it was across the board. They asked white Latino. Black, Asian, and most of them all said the same thing when in regards to what was the good and what was the bad. And when they were asking further questions, they were things were coming out like these kids started basically admitting that they hated themselves. I don't like that dark dog because that dark dog is stupid and can't read and can't do this. From what you're saying, I mean that's that's some real stuff. You know, self hatred can perpetuate a whole lot of things. So, uh, what do you think these kids who are seeing this and saying, "I hate this dark doll because it's dark"? How many of them do you think have a innate, if not racist, thoughts? discriminatory thoughts against other people. I mean, if I, like you said, if I don't love me, how am I going to love you? So if I hate me, I'm going to find a reason to hate you. Again, stereotypes come into play. And it's crazy how that happens, but nobody talks about stuff like that. You know, and the, the, the big elephant in the room that no one wants to address is you your exact words and I agree with you is love love thy neighbor as you love thyself now if we had a society that loved God we'd be able to love our neighbor let me back we'd be able to love ourselves, so that we could love our neighbor and that your difference because one of the biggest issues I'm finding at least in our American society is we have a hard time with people not agreeing with our our perspective. Well, I think with social media, that's enhanced it too. I agree. It, everybody, everybody's a keyboard soldier. So. Right, and and that's true. You know, whether it be but that's a, that's a totally different topic. Though. I mean, but it's it's true, and there's a lot of people that wouldn't dare say some of the things they're saying that are all kind of gun hold now that they have Facebook you know or, or Instagram I've, had, I've actually had to confront a couple family members about certain about certain uh, I guess celebrities and politicians and stuff about what they're saying I even asked him, I was like, would you say that to their face? Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like you should call them that and say that stuff to them? Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. No, would you say that to them? 
happened? Why are you why are you so worried about them? <laughs> why don't you right. instead of sitting over here looking at their house, which is painted the wrong color, why don't you sit there and work on the plumbing that's about to go out? Right. Or the heater that's about to go out. Why don't right. you worry about your own so build yourself up and then once you get your stuff taken care of with your house take your butt over there invite them over for dinner and get to know them that is another will you hand me that (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read it as to not this was not this was planned no but you know because I didn't have this bible verse in my head at all until you just said that But this, <clears throat> excuse me, this is so much what you just said. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. <clears throat> Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard in which you will be judged. And why worry, worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. And here's the one, here's the part. Hypocrites, he says, hypocrites. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That's Jesus saying that. So basically, to go with what you just said, Jesus is like, Are you over here judging him for this, but look at the crap you're doing in your own. Like you can't you can't even have a, a clear opinion about what they're doing because you've got all this clouded messing going on in you. Like, won't you fix you? So to go with what you're saying, if I fix me, when I fix me, I probably won't be, more likely won't be trying to tear you down. I'll be trying to build you up. So once I'm fixed, instead of going over to your house and being like, man, you a hot mess, you this, you that, I'm going to be like, hey man, what can I do to help you? How can I be a blessing? And that's what this that's what that that whole series that those verses are all about. And you just hit it on the head of what you said. People are so worried about what everybody else is or isn't doing and excusing what they're not doing. And this isn't a black or white thing. This is a people thing. Now to put it with races, everybody in each race is doing the same thing. Well, white folks are doing this and Latinos are doing this and blacks are doing this. Overlooking what our own races are, you know, people within our own race are doing because here's the, I'm, I'm going to drop this out there and people might be surprised by this. Not all black folks get along. Not all white folks get along. <laughs> you know, so what a concept, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to sit here and tell you because you're a white man, I'm going to just get on you about everything you're doing wrong. And then the mess to point out everything you're doing wrong, overlook the similarities in what I'm doing. Oh, you're a hypocrite, man. You only you only do this and you only you only see you only see color. Wait a minute. I'm pointing out your color. Go, go. This was on my heart, the other, my heart, my mind the other day. Was when I hear people who are who who say, "Oh, I'm colorblind." Oh, yeah. No, no, you were no. Don't be colorblind. Right. Don't be colorblind. You can either look at color color in negative, or you can look at it in positive. 
Amen. Because there's a propaganda song where he talks about, yeah, you see people of different colors, but you need to see the beauty in it. Amen. You need to see the uniqueness in that person, in in the in, in, the, in the color of their skin and their culture, and then come together with them. You could you can learn something from me. I can learn something from you. Amen. And since, since we've six years now wow yeah five, five six years going on five six years we've learned so much and then also like Daddy. I said like, Daddy. Um, so we have a special guest I am really ready to watch Lego awesome And the Legos are yellow, so <laughs> um, so they're not white. They're yellow. I'm just kidding. Um, but that he yeah propaganda. yeah propaganda. He he talks about having those the, the, the differences, but also having like a different perspective. Like, hey, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. And then also uh, my daughter. I'm super, super, like, it brings me joy that we get to be family with you guys. We get to live life with the Johnsons, the Trujillos, the Kenneth Michaels, and just everybody. Right. Black, white, Asian, whatever. And because when I was, when I was growing up, I, I was predominantly white world. Right. And then, yeah, there was... Hispanics and stuff, Mexicans and Asians, but now just having her be exposed to all, all the races and all the cultures, it, it brings me joy. Right. Funny you say that. So the t- what you just were talking about when you said the colorblind, yeah. one of the inspirations for me to do this podcast is this book I'm, I'm reading, and it's uh, the third option. It's by Miles McPherson. Okay. He's a pastor. Um, in San Diego he used to be a San Diego Charger actually he used to play football and he wrote this book for the listeners what's it called again? it is called The Third Option and it's by Miles McPherson Um, it's actually in my car right now as we speak Um, and one of the things he said is what you just said with that he was saying that you know when people Basically, what he said is, I get what people are trying to say when they say they are colorblind, but no, you're not. You're not colorblind. You see color. You just try to dumb it down or treat it as if though it doesn't exist. But let that. So an example is me saying, oh, I don't see color. I don't see color. All people are the same. All people are in the same. Whatever. And then you do something that fits the stereotype of white boys and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is freaking white boys so do I re- am I really colorblind or am I colorblind when it suits my purpose you know and I believe that when people a lot most of the time when people say I'm colorblind they're colorblind when it fits their purpose we're having this conversation oh I'm colorblind I don't think I don't see this I don't see that and then it's like ah ah freaking freaking Mexicans see how they are 
well, that's that's just that's just like looking at a painting and say, oh, I'm colorblind. No, you need all those different colors in there Amen. to look at that beauty that God painted. Amen. Because if you, if, oh, I don't like that maroon color <laughs> or the red color, the whatever. But I'm colorblind. Okay, I'm gonna just see black and white. And then you, oh, I don't see. I, I I only see that shade of gray. Fifty shades. That's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, how would you not want to see color? You see, and each stroke of, of the brush or each droplet of paint is is where it's supposed to be. So you and me, we're on the same campus. By canvas, I mean like, like city or state or my even mindset. We're in the same heart and mindset. Right. So we are where, where we're supposed to be. That 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 little, even though we feel so insignificant sometimes, that little white dot that you see right there, that either is like accentuates or emphasizes something huge. Amen. So how can you how can you how can you say you're good? Right. I mean. So, I'm sorry, I had to get all no, no, artistic. No, that's that, but, but this is another thing that he talked about in that book, and I agreed with, and me saying I'm colorblind, I am now just negated your color. Who you are. Yeah. That's you. So if I say I don't see color, what I'm saying is I only see black folks and then everybody else. And is that right? Because I've noticed black folks. I noticed black folks. And I noticed white folks. But I don't want to admit that I noticed white folks because then I'm not colorblind. But if I say, oh, I don't see color, I've just taken your heritage away from you. I've dehumanized you and made you into something that I want you to be, which then you're not you. You you, you hit on something too that kind of was bugging me for a while is the whole heritage part I'm gonna say it I'm proud to be white good for you you should be I'm proud to be white but I'm not gonna flaunt and be like oh hell blah blah blah, blah. right right I'm proud to be white and the media and all that stuff has made me feel guilty for for, for saying stuff like that and I love my heritage. I, I'm, I was gonna put <laughs> put it on my, my 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 podcast with with somebody in February. I'm a huge lover of hip hop and rock and stuff. But you know what, Anthony? I'm just gonna say it, man. I dig me some country music. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's and it's taken me a while to say say. Pretty much everything I just said in the last 20 seconds. But you should. Yeah. You should. You should love yourself. I don't like mayonnaise. Though. Good. You shouldn't. It's, it's not good. It's not good, y'all. Mayonnaise is not good. You should love... Love your neighbors. You love yourself. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you love yourself, I love that I am black. I love me. That's who. That's that's me. It's not who I am. I'm I'm a Christian first. My race comes next. Mm-hmm. But God made me the way He made me, and 
he made me a black man. And I love being a black man. I'm, I let you sound proud of that. Yeah. There shouldn't be any anything wrong with saying that. Yeah. But like you said, that that neg that negative spin that has been placed, and I to me, I you know I, I think <laughs> let's just call it what it is. The enemy, the enemy is very 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 cunning. Yeah. Very crafty, because he's going to sit here and be like, hey, I got this right. So. I need you to say that you're proud to be black. I need you to say you're proud to be Hispanic. But I want you to beat this fool up when he says he's proud to be white. But it's all right when y'all say you're proud to be your heritage, but they can't. Now, saying I'm proud to be white and saying Heil Hitler are two completely different things. You know what I'm saying? You know, cloaking yourself in a Confederate flag saying I love being white and just saying I'm proud to be white being who you are two different things you should be able to say you love yourself there's nothing wrong with you loving yourself that's biblical to love oneself not to be haughty or cocky and think I'm above other people but saying I'm proud of who I am doesn't doesn't scream this, anything other than being proud of who you are. This might stir some heads too. Is like I'm proud of being white, but I know my savior ain't white. Which, which I was going there. So which, let's go. Let's. Go. <laughs> which is a beautiful thing because I know I know Jesus didn't need SPF 75 for his skin. He right. So. So. The part of white privilege that I left out, you open the door and walking through it. A blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus that was born in the Middle East. You were trying to tell me that this dude <laughs> was a blonde haired, blue eyed dude in the midst of nothing but Hebrew Aramaic people and African people. But this dude was blonde hair and blue eyed. He looked like um, Obi-Wan from Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> so. But tell me that's not another example of white privilege. But someone, someone, and I don't know who, obviously they were white though. When they saw Jesus, they saw a white man. And they were like, in order to be the savior of everybody, he's got to be white. He's got to look like me. Like, we'll take Santa Claus. Santa Claus is... Santa Claus is, No, I'm just saying, I don't yeah, know. Y'all can have that. <laughs> y'all, y'all can we, have we, it. We, we can have the chubby diabetic hands up gifts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that. If you're offended by that, hit me up. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Things I want to say about that, but I have grandchildren, so I'll leave it alone. But I, I, I didn't want to, I wasn't, so here's the thing, and this series is making me say the things that I might not say because of the of offense, and I thought that in the beginning of this episode, and I didn't speak it, and then you said it, so, let, so then, that, let, I mean, let's, let's, let's put that out there. You are proud to be white, and you accept the fact that your savior isn't white, and you're okay with that. Perfectly okay with that. What? And I'm not saying he's black. I'm not saying he's black either, <laughs> but I know he was. He, he wasn't was. white. 
It wasn't a high risk going to Walmart like Skin Brother. Right. That, and that's 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 the that's the thing. That's the thing. He was in the Middle East. Yeah. In the Aramaic area. Yeah. Everybody in that area was Arabic. Well that's the that's the thing. People don't well one, people don't read this. Amen. I'm looking at the Bible. Amen. Two, people don't look at the maps and read history books or read cultural books they would know that <laughs> that those, those those facts if you 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 line them up oh well maybe he isn't really light skinned and looks like Obi-Wan no uh propaganda says something on, on one of his songs too is I think it's actually the same song where he's like Jesus really didn't look like that that was just one of Michelangelo's boyfriends or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. That's, that's a good way to put it. So, Andy Manio said on one of his songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he said, I even thought, the whole song was about how everything that he was lied to about. Yeah. He said, I even thought Jesus was white. And when I first heard that, I stopped. I rewound it. I listened again. I was like, because to me, hearing someone white say that, that was a new thing. And he was hitting it for the for those don't, who don't know Andy Mayo, he's uh, he's known as like a Christian hip hop artist. Correct. So, and then even even words play too. Uh, why don't you behave because you're black? Um, and then he, he mentions it too. He's like, what? What did they tell me? Why don't you behave because you're black? Well, I will. I will. When my when my savior comes white or something. Yeah, something yeah. along those I know, lines. I know what verse you're talking about. It's on that one with him and Andy Minion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I and I love that they, they white Jesus come back. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I will, I will. Will white Jesus come, come back? back. <gasps> yeah. And I, I, I just love how they just. Well, one, I like how they push the line on that. And two, just they they're not taking. They like they take their race and their. Identity serious, but it's not to the point where it's harming somebody else. Right. And it's and they're not they're not really shoving it in anybody's face, but they're just being kind of like, hey, take it or leave it. My shoes my shoes stink just like yours. Amen. You, and you think you're holier than thou? Tell Jesus on That's another end of menu. Right. Right. So so and I think and. To quote something Bizzle said, because Bizzle spoke on this, and man, that dude is so deep. Yeah, Bizzle is yeah. so deep. I don't, I don't listen to him as much as I. Man, I you gotta listen to him because that dude says some stuff. Man, that dude is extremely deep, and like you, you'll be listening to it, you'll be like, dang, man, like that. That dude is mad deep. So if you ever listen to this Bizzle, mad props, man. So anyway, in the song. He's talking about how black folks are saying that they don't believe in Christ because he don't look like them. Because these pictures of Jesus are white and they're calling Christianity the white man's religion because of it. And so he says, okay, well, let me tell you something. And he's pointing out how we could say that Jesus is black in the song. I mean... They hit him in, in, they hit him 
in Egypt? How do you hide a blonde haired, blue eyed dude in Egypt? It's like me going to Aurora. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't hide that. <laughs> and so that's just one of the things he was saying. And the point is he was trying to say that that there are dark, dark people in the Bible and that Moses was hidden in Egypt. He was a part of the Pharaoh's family. You can't do that with someone sticking out like that. And he goes through all this and he was saying, and this was before they even classified a racist black. And he, but he, one thing he said is, but you should believe in him even though I'm sitting there telling you that he ain't white. That shouldn't matter to you. If you believe in him, you should believe in him, regardless of all of that. And I think that's powerful because he's saying, yes, I'm telling you that if you read that book, the Bible, like you said, and you pay attention to history, you'll know that he was not white. But that shouldn't be the reason you believe in him. You should believe in him because you believe in him, because he saved you, because you love him. And I think that, I will say this, there were people in Christianity who utilized the white privilege as a means to discriminate against black folks because at the time it was, this was slavery. And they utilize this and they, you know, so they, they, you, if you want to make a person feel inferior, show them that their, their culture, their skin, their race means nothing. And there were people who used Christianity to do that. I don't negate that. But they're not Christians. There's extremists everywhere, you know. I'm not going to that topic. Let me stop. But you get my... There are extremists. They utilize... They utilize the fact that if we want them to feel inferior, let's show them they're inferior. And at the time, most couldn't read anyway. So they couldn't read this book and find out for themselves. Or they couldn't read this other book and find out for themselves. So they don't know any better. Well, you, you kind of hit that... A lot, of, a lot of people back then couldn't read. Now, even now, there's a lot of people who can't read. Right. Uh, no matter uh, what race. But then it's crazy because they, they go to a public school and they're given they're they're given the books and stuff like that. But then there's a different agenda there. But that's also a different topic. But then they go to get into the real world. Some of them get into the real world. And then some of them get into tr- trouble because they don't they don't learn really how to read or anything like that. They don't learn anything about Jesus. So then they, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. They go from school to prison pipeline. Right. 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 And I'm not saying it's just a certain race. It's it's I'm not seeing it as all races, but it's predominantly minorities. Right. Um, but and then they get into they get incarcerated and then they don't have a lot of t- they don't have a lot to do in there and they have a lot of time. Where do you think they learn to read? Right. They learn to read in there, and by the time they do, sometimes it's too late. Right. So instead of educating our kids, our kids, we 
like the, we, we let the system take, take care of them and then there they go and some of them keep going on their but that's, right. even though Jesus does call them and be like hey look at this look at this give them plenty of opportunities which I believe they do that Jesus does sometimes the enemy I'm not just blaming it on the person I'm blaming it also on the enemy distracts them because he, he sees them oh and I'm talking about all races again as easy to distract right so they're not able to do that then they're just gonna go off their own way it's kind of like I don't know but um, you get what I'm saying I no I got you so but pretty much what I'm going off that is we we, we just need to teach our kids when they're young I, I agree and then expose them to di- different people different different cultures different races different music just even even di- different educational sources right like our our history books yeah well I just rolled my eyes yeah, so don't you give can't me save me our history books back, back in the day even probably today I, I didn't I don't know, but they, they were so one-sided, bi- yeah, biased, yeah, and it made made all the quote-unquote heroes of America look great. They weren't great, and that that's another thing too that I can bring up is like that I kind of have a problem with is Western Christianity is we try and make all these amazing people in the Bible keep them on a pedestal. Yeah, they were amazing. You want to know why they were amazing? Because all the trials right, and trouble, right. struggles and troubles that they went through. And we don't highlight those. Right. We just kind of like, oh. And I think we do that just to try and keep... Oh, what am I trying to get at? The people who who know this and who are in, I guess, quote-unquote control, who are educated, they try and bring it down and be like, okay, well, see this, 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 and this. You, you, you should be just like that. Right. Not showing that that person that they just pointed out made those mistakes. That, right. So, so. I agree. Big old tangent, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with this and yeah. I'm, I'm going to be as brief because I'm trying to be respectful of yeah your time and the people listening Christianity in its purest form had absolutely zero to do with anything other than Christ saved us he loves us we need to love others end of discussion people took verse here piece here and put it together like you're saying to make it pretty to fit to whatever agenda that they had and this is why we have so many people who have a problem with Christianity we talk about Moses going into save the Jews in Egypt we don't talk about why he had to go back to Egypt because he was a murderer he had a he had a moment where he snapped and he murdered someone and he had to dip so this flawed man saved millions of people once he realized who God was and what God was doing with him. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was a persecutor of the church. 
We don't talk about that. We talk about how great, you know, I shouldn't say we, they. Let's say they. They talk about how great of a man, and like you said, he is, but he was a flawed man who once he saw who God was, he then changed to be able to bless others. Basically, that the, the story of grace. What I just pictured when you were when you were saying that was, and this is also I reference it in our stereotype song, is American History X, because he go he skinhead Nazi and he beats up everybody and stomps some dude's teeth out, but then he goes to prison and well, I think they're washing underwear. Yeah, something like that. And he realizes the wrongs of his ways. And he's like, oh, shoot. And then he goes from a hardcore racist to somebody who wants to love people. And then he gets out. And I imagine this is probably what happened with uh, Paul, too. Because there was consequences. Oh, yeah. As he was trying to do good. Because... He, he now is going with the culture. Now he's going against the grain, against the grain, going countercultural for the good of people. So yeah. I, 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 no. I just and, had to throw that in there. No, no, and it's funny that this stop this this comes up a lot because one I want to address what you were saying. I, I'm a firm believer in that prison elementary to prison pipeline, I'm a firm believer in that. Especially being that I've worked in education and seeing the things I've seen. Not saying it all education is bad, but I've seen what I've seen, firm believer in that. Don't let your kids sniff the glue. Right. They make a buttload of money off of these kids. Glue. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. No. No the, the 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 pipeline, they make a buttload of money off of that. So that's that's a real thing. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a racial thing, although there are the people who utilize that to get them to that point. Again, like you said, if you want to, I said this in the other one, if you want to, if you want to stop people from growing, stop them from learning. Cut them off. If you can't read, you can't, you, you have no effect on me. So I wanted to touch that because I was thinking about that when you said that. When we decide to go take a step towards our destiny, for lack of a better word, our calling, that's what I want to say, our calling, in the faith, like Paul went through, there's persecution coming. We might catch flack for this show. You can email me. Right. At... MessHall5280 at gmail.com. Love to talk to you. If you go Anthony's Godly Guidance, there's a Facebook page for it. You can get a hold of me on that. My, and not trying to act hard or bad or anything, but again, the purpose of this series is to point out the flaws that we have as people and to point out that the way to fix it is, is, is Jesus but nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to say that they don't want to talk about that because we're foolish for believing that 
And I said Jesus purposefully. I didn't say God. I said Jesus purposefully. Because you can say God and people will let you slide on that. But you say Jesus and then they're like, oh, Jesus is the way for us to get past this divide. The enemy has used this divide in order to separate the people. Jesus is the is that glue to hold it together, but nobody wants to hear that. But man, you know what? <sighs> okay, so for the sake of time, man, I, I didn't mean to take up all of your time. Um, and I want to wrap this up. I want to thank you, first of all, for doing this. Um, for those of you listening, the, the intent was, again, not to go this long. It never is. But you, you got to give us some grace on a topic like racism because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of things that if you listen to the conversation that we had, we don't see everything exactly eye to eye. But we didn't jump down each other's throats for not seeing everything eye to eye. And if we want to get past the races, the blueprint is set here. And I believe that God put this on my heart to do so we can have a blueprint. Here's the blueprint. Let's talk. Let's talk. And here's another one. Here's, here's another one. Let's listen. Let's listen to what people say. And let's have a conversation. Not an argument, not a debate, but a conversation. So, anyway, that's my final thought. Unless you you had a final thought? Well, kind of add what you were saying when, when the talking and then listening. Quick little uh, hack. Give the other person seven seconds to let them finish what they're saying. And then once they're done with, the, with theirs, and then you go. But be respectful and loving. Amen. Amen. So with that being said... Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for getting holding on with us. This was this was a long episode, but that's how when we get together, this is what we do. Um, come back next week for um, part three. And my my belief is, if, if his schedule fits, Spencer will be on next week. If not, we're going to get him in there. Um, but we're working on that right now. But so come back next week for episode three. Um, I'm just hearing another perspective. Love y'all. God bless.